0: Welcome to Love, Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast, and my guest today is Dr. Pat Allen. Dr. Pat Allen is a relationship expert. She is a she's a doctor. She knows what she's talking about. She's 83 years old. Here's how I heard about her. All right, months ago, I had comedian genius. Uh, you know, my honorary big sister. Uh whatever, what have you. Relationship guru. Anyway, I had Whitney Cummings on my podcast, and she was like, Lexi, you gotta read this book. It's called Getting to I Do. I was like, oh God, what a horrible sounding title. She was like, bear with me. It's not what it sounds like. Getting to I Do is about uh just knowing what energy you're leading with in a romantic relationship. And uh, being clear on what you want, having self-worth, and, uh, and going after what you want romantically uh, in the smartest possible way. So I was like, great. Okay. I mean, that's not exactly what Whitney Cummings said, but, uh, but that was the gist of it. So I read this book. It was a little teeny tiny bit uh, sexist, but that was fine because I'm like, it's 2018. I get it. I can uh, separate the bits that are like problematic from the bits that are genius and helpful, and there are a lot of helpful bits in this book. So I read Getting to I Do, and uh, what I learned about myself is I, while I have a career and I am masculine in my career, and everybody's masculine when they leave with their career, and men and women both have masculine and feminine energy in them. But how you lead, what depending on what you want in your relationship. uh, how you, what energy you lead within a relationship dictates, uh, your relationship. Anyway, I lead with femininity in my relationships. At least I try to. And, uh, so here's the thing I read, Getting to I Do. She's uh, Pat Allen has written a myriad of other books and, uh, I was just blown away by this book and I was like, I had to find her. So I went to her seminar at the Marriott. She holds a seminar in Los Angeles at the Culver City Marriott, uh, Every first Monday of the month, and uh, man, she's an eighty-three-year-old chic spitfire with red lipstick and red nails, and she says it how it is, and she, you know, she doesn't pull a punch. Is that the right phrase? Anyway, um, and then uh, I scheduled this uh, this podcast you're about to hear. I drove out to Newport Beach. My boyfriend was kind enough to drive me out there. Another action. Another lovely uh, you know uh, sign that he's a good man driving me an hour and a half to uh, interview Pat Allen in Newport Beach because i live in uh, I live in West Hollywood. He waited at a coffee shop. I interviewed Pat Allen, and uh, I really didn't want to talk about my relationship with Pat Allen. You think I would, but I'm just so sick of talking about my feelings and my emotions like, all the feelings I have and anxiety tied to my new a nearly five-month relationship. You know, it's it's all I want to talk about on this podcast because I feel compelled to because I, I, I'm i unable to not be my complete self in these intros. But also, another part of me is like, you know what, Alexi? Shut the fuck up. Stop talking about any anxiety. Move forward. And you know what? I agree with that voice in my head. I agree with what my mom tells me. I agree with what my therapist has told me. Um, I'm done Talking, actually, you know, I can't maybe the next podcast I am. Okay. I'm done talking about the anxiety I have in having a relationship. And it's not even exclusive to the one I'm having right now. I'm like, I'm having like 12 relationships right now. I mean, let's cats out of the bag. Just kidding. No, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I have a boyfriend. Uh, you know, it's been anxiety-ridden for me, not because of him, He is the trigger. He is not the cause of my anxiety. Um, It's my annoying daddy issues that I'm trying to work through. It's really irritating that uh, a dysfunctional upbringing truly can have such an unconscious, conscious, deeply embedded, uh, deep, deep, deep effect on your, uh, on, your on, on your on on your life and your relationships, you know, when you're alone, you don't have to deal with any of this shit. But when you're in, when you're reflected in someone else's eyes and you're mirrored, you know, all your insecurities, at least mine, come up in a relationship. That's where all the work has to be done, and it's so excruciating and uncomfortable, and there's a lot of suffering. And, uh, you know, last week I was talking about, uh, on the Reggie Watts episode in the intro, I was was talking about how I was like considering going on anti-anxiety medication or like antidepressants or something. And I went to see a psychiatrist last week and I was going to go to a follow-up session. Uh, but in the interim, I met up with a friend of mine and he was like, try Buddhist chanting. He's a Buddhist and he's a badass. And, uh, a lot of my friends, by the way, want to get rid of the phrase badass I don't like it anymore. I'm seeing them post about it on Insta stories and uh, fine. I, I won't like it either. But what word are we going to use? Because I have a tendency to use the word badass a lot. Anyway, so my friend was like, check this out. This is Buddhist chanting. And essentially it's like you say like nam renge wait, Nam-myo-ho, Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. So it's like Nam mio ho rengae kyo Nam mio ho renge kyo I think I'm saying it too fast, but it's like one syllable for each sound. Nam mio ho range kyo Listen, I'm a little bit shy to do it on the podcast, but like, but then you you know, you do it over and over and over again. It's like Nam mio ho range kyo Nam mio ho range kyo Nam mio ho. Ren-. Anyway, whatever. So that is like a meditation, this chant, you do it. And it's like, you do it over and over and over and over again. And uh I really liked doing it. At first I was like, oh my goodness, this is scary. I'm kind of shy. Is this a cult? Oh my God. And then I was like, Ugh, be quiet, just chant. So I chanted and I did it over and over and over again for like a half hour, an hour. And it's it's like meditation, but even better because you're, you're holding on to this chant. Like you're saying this chant, which keeps you from thinking and you get kind of lightheaded and dizzy, but the vibration of the chant like grounds you, you know, the vibration of it going through your body just makes you, uh, tethered to yourself. I believe I may have said this last week, but, um, so I enjoyed that. So I thought, you know what? I really don't, I'm too scared to go on medication. I don't want I just don't want to. I feel like I can use other tools and not on medication. So I canceled the appointment with a psychiatrist, and I've been chanting, and I've been reading books, and I've been, here's the new phase I'm in. And this is very vulnerable to say. And I doubt he listens to this podcast. My boyfriend, I just really think he's, I mean... I think he knows I need my privacy, but I, you know, I hope he listens. I hope he doesn't. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like that's a problem in itself. Maybe he's had enough of me. He doesn't want to listen to my podcast. But anyway, he probably respects my privacy and wants me to be able to have this time to be completely vulnerable and honest about my feelings, which as of late uh, involve him. Um, I just. I went through this vicious cycle of having so much anxiety about being in a new relationship and trusting a new person and being like, who is this new person in my life? Oh my God, it's so good. Is this too good to be true? Oh my God, I'm going to start looking at his Instagram activity so I can freak myself out and try to find something so I can control the situation and like to find, try to find an excuse to run. I found nothing. Uh it, you know, looking at Instagram activity and who he follows and all that stuff that became like habitual behavior. It became like a separate thing where it's just like another way to escape doing the things that I actually need to do in my life. And then I like wrote about that because I write a, a column for, uh, for Ravishly. You can check that out on ravishly.com. I've got a column called Love Alexi. Same name as everything else I make. Trying to stay on brand. Keep things simple for you guys. Anyway, so I wrote this like this two part piece, um, on this habitual behavior of like spiraling. And, and it was really about like insecurity, fear, anxiety, control, um, trying to self-sabotage, just trying to find control in a situation that's out of control. Like dating and being vulnerable is so scary. And I, I, Don't have a my own father. I don't talk to him. You know, I have a horrible relationship with him. He, I couldn't depend on him. He abandoned me. Yakety schmackety, whatever. So, what I'm realizing is, I, I, you know, yeah, it's hard to trust a guy, and this annoying behavior comes up in me, and uh, and this time it manifested in like habitual social media like checking. You know, I've never and I will never go through a boyfriend's email, his Instagram DMs, his texts. Never. I have never done that. I never will do that. All right. I don't do that. But to see if like, oh, like what do the comments say on his thing? Oh, who's commenting So boring. So I, I, I got involved in that for a little bit and that was just, you know, again, it's more a way for me to like, it was more a way for me to like escape reaching my full potential and doing all the shit I need to do for myself and my life, you know, in, in, a, in a way like all this anxiety about the relationship wasn't about me and my relationship. It was about like me not, I don't know, me not uh, doing what I need to do to align with like my life purpose, you know. It was like just me trying to like just... Again, music, I mean, I fucking made a short film about it. Also called Love, Alexi, available on Vimeo. (laughs) And it's so funny because like my codependent behavior, like it's like very amplified in the short film, but it's like, oh my God, I didn't even know that the short film I was making was about codependence. I didn't even know the message that I literally say in the narration that it's easier to hide in someone else putting all your attention on someone else than face my own life. I actually said that in the narration, in the voiceover of my own short film that I wrote, directed and starred in. And it's like two years later and I'm like, oh wait, oh, I do that. How weird. Oh, I do that? So anyway, so now I'm like just trying to get back to myself. Like where I'm at this week no, I'm not saying all my fear and insecurity and vulnerabilities and you know, control stuff and and wanting to be control you know wanting to control in an out of control situation. Um, I'm not saying all that's gone. It doesn't go away overnight, and it's only been like you know I've been with this person for five months, and this behavior has kind of been around. I've been been acting like this for about two and a half months. Um, with a, lot of, with a lot of beautiful, great days and a lot of like unnecessary spirals and suffering and lashing out on other days. Um, but I'm still in this relationship. So where I'm at this week, though, is, you know, part of me is like, oh, uh, the shame factor of like, oh, no. Is it totally different than how it was at the beginning of the first like eight weeks of the relationship? Did I ruin it? Oh my God! Does he look at me differently? Will we ever get like? Is he exhausted by me? Is he? Is it gonna? You know? Is it blah blah? blah this like negative, shame filled, um, worry, and sadness. So there's that. But then the other part of me, which I believe is gonna outweigh and is outweighing the the shame of all the all of my behavior and the its effect on the person I'm dating. Um, who's actually probably fine. He's just living his life. He's got his own things to worry about. And he's like, you know, men are so, so much more, uh, I don't want to say simple. They're so much more uncomplicated, I believe. Um, Not to generalize, but I feel like men are like, if you just act nice, if I just act nice, look beautiful, fuck my boyfriend's brains out, uh... And move forward, and be kind, and happy, and healthy. Easier said than done, except for the looking beautiful and having great sex. Because I can, I can do that. I can do that. How dare you? Um, I do love makeouts, out, make makeouts, and having sex. Um, I feel like if you can just if you do that, the guy is like, "Oh, great. Let's keep moving forward. Be happy. Be relaxed. Great. Stop, mic Stop putting a, a magnifying glass on the relationship and wanting to talk about the relationship." Um, anyway, where was I? So you got the shame factor where I'm like all worried about like, oh God, can I ever get get it back to where it, it was 11 days ago or like seven days ago or whatever in a nice moment or how nice it was like the first eight weeks. Um, boring. There's that aspect of me. And then the new aspect of me, the other side of the, of the coin is, this is where I'm at. I just don't care anymore. I'm exhausted by me and the, and the, and the attention I've been putting uh, not on myself. I have so much stuff to do. I have so much writing to do. I have so many things to make. I've, I'm like, I actually have a long list of things I need to do and at the top of that list I've got a writing deadline for this project of this thing that I'm going to make and I'm very excited about it and this this childhood fucking oh my god my neighbor is doing dishes at like midnight it's so annoying they're so loud this person is so loud I'm not that loud recording my podcast intro anyway I'm annoyed by the severity and depth of my childhood wounds. It's so annoying because uh, it's just like so hard to get a wrangle on. And I'm so self-aware. That's the weird thing. That's the weirdest thing about me. I'm completely self-aware of my behavior and what's happening. And like I, you know, I have like a healer I'm going to, Maxine Dillon, who was a guest on my podcast, and I went to the psychiatrist, I've gone to a therapist, um, I have my own self-awareness, I journal, I meditate, I'm chanting now, I've got really smart friends and some friends that are very unhealthy who give me horrible advice, but like, I talk to my very smart, grounded friends and it's like, what I need to do is get a wrangle and a hold on, a hold of this wounded Little girl who like lives inside me, and I'm like letting her whenever I lash out or get defensive or feel the need to be vigilant in every situation with my boyfriend. If he says something or looks at me a certain way, or there's silence, or he doesn't do something that he did like he would have right in the beginning when he was wooing me, blah blah blah. Even though he's wonderful, still anyway, I lash out with like the childhood version of me that's like hysterical, that like feels out of control. And I'm leading with this little child and I've got to be like, no, I'm the adult. Stop doing that. Okay. I know better. I've got to get a mastery of my behavior anyway. And also, oh, here's something great that the, uh, I'm all over the place right now. Just bear with me. Okay. This is going to be a long, long intro. This is what's happening today. This is what's happening in this episode. Um, Oh my God, this, the dishes that my neighbor is doing, is just too much. Anyway, I'm highly caffeinated at midnight. I meant to put this podcast out yesterday, but I really wanted to meditate on what I was going to say. And then I tried to, and then now this is what's happening. So, um, I can't not, wait, I cannot not be brutally honest in these intros. Will this be the device of my relationship? I hope not. I need to just be with somebody who can accept me. Anyway, um, but at some point, I do need to shut the fuck up and move forward. And that's where I'm headed to. But I'm going to keep going. My energy healer that I'm going to, Maxine Dillon, who is giving me six sessions, uh, you know, we've had two so far, she tells me that my vigilance and my reactivity and my, you know, defensiveness in situations is actually not a bad thing. And that it's probably helped me and saved my life in a lot of situations. But what's happening now is I don't need to be that way with everybody. And I don't need to be that way with with the man in my life right now. you know. And I know that at other times in my life, being on high alert and being extremely vigilant has... And I said this to her, I believe that has saved me from being raped in situations, being at a party, me being too drunk, me being on a first date with a guy at a bar, and then him saying something kind of fucked up and misogynist and weird and telling, and and like the hairs on the back of my neck. I don't even, I don't really even have hairs on the back of my neck. How that's, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, I just know that like, I've removed myself from lots of situations because of this vigilant, high alert aspect of myself that's very defensive and on guard and protective. But the problem is I bring that into situations with people who are not trying to hurt me, men who I can be safe with, but uh, it's scary to change behavior. It's hard to. So yeah, the other, so I'm talking about all this bullshit. Um, Where I'm at now is I'm like, I can't, I can't, I I don't care anymore. I can't even be scared to lose this person. I can't even be, I can't be scared and worry that I've maybe pushed him away, that it's going to be different, that uh, I can't worry about his Instagram. I don't care anymore. I don't want to look. I can't have all these expectations of him. It's just like, you know, I want things to be good. I do great and 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 I hope my new my new attitude will allow things to be as good as they were and better and and just good in general in my relationship but but uh I'm just so I can't control things anymore I have to bring my attention back to my own life I podcasting interviewing people writing this movie that I'm writing just so many things and uh seeing my friends being with my family making my house nicer just Remembering who the fuck I am, because I actually do like myself, and I just want to be the person that I was, and I still am actually. When I before I met this guy, before I was like uh, worried and obsessive, and uh, not obsessive about him, but actually I guess so. But like just uncomfortable, you know, because this is very all very uncomfortable for me and I just want to get past the discomfort of uh, of being in something healthy I would like to, learn, you know, I'm also so used to codependent relationships and I'm like you know, I have this idea of how something's supposed to feel I have this idea of how um, it's supposed to be but all those things ended and I've dated narcissists and addicts and very jealous people or mean people or just people that are not, you know, emotionally unavailable or live in other cities. And, um, you know, I would like to be in something beautiful where we both have autonomy and there's trust and a deep, deep, deep trust. Like, that's all I want is to trust somebody and for it to be romantic. And I don't know, I put this on my Insta stories where somebody's like, what's your idea of, the, of your perfect world? And I fully was like, Talked all about like my ideal love and what kind of life I want to have. And it was like super vulnerable. And, and, uh, on, and the, I did that question thing that Insta Stories offers now, which is kind of stressful because all of a sudden all these, all these questions come in and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Um, Anyway, but uh, you know, I just want to come back home to myself. That's all I want. I'm so tired. I'm so I'm so sick of being stressed. I'm so sick of suffering. I'm so sick of being unhappy. And it's all my doing. It's like the doing of my mind. It's because of my mind and the voices in my head. And it's like, and I don't want to turn those voices off using a pill that I take every day. So, you know, reading books and staying busy and watching movies and chanting and meditating and taking epsom salt baths and journaling and just like, just doing all these things. I hope they all work, guys. I hope they all work. But uh, I think the most important thing would be if I hook into writing and stop avoiding my goals um, and have faith that if I relax and if I'm happy and if I remember who I am and have self-worth again, I mean, I have self-worth. I just, I've been getting a sidetracked though uh if I just like make myself the most important person in my life and kind of pretend I'm single not pretend I'm single by like dating other people or like flirting with other people and being inappropriate but just like I'm I'm putting me first again it's just like I can't be bothered it's just like too much I'm so stressed and and it's manifested physically like yeah I can't even tell you how it's manifested in my life, like, health-wise. But, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. And if the person I'm dating has hit their limit with me, then so be it. But I don't know if that's the case. Anyway, it's a very uh, long, long... Twenty-four minute intro. Jesus fucking Christ! I don't know if I want to release this. Anyway, here's I'm going to say all the podcast stuff I have to say. Uh, you're listening to my conversation. You're about to with with Dr. Pat Allen. Go to drpatallen.com for all the information for everything you want to know about Pat Allen. Uh, you can schedule appointments, you can go to her seminars, you can call her up. She's incredible. Uh, there are a few, a few things she says in this interview that you guys might be like, what? I can't believe it. But she is a fucking badass. Oh no, I said it again. Spitfire. Her outfit was incredible. Um, yeah. She's no bullshit. Uh, if you like this podcast if you've uh, if you 're into this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, tell everyone you know maybe other people are going through what i 'm going through, and uh, you know this will make them feel less alone. Subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. If you want to advertise on this very honest, raw, cathartic podcast, I would love that. Uh, Send advertising inquiries to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. If you want to support the show financially, become a patron saint of the Love Alexi podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash Alexi, or you could just fucking Venmo money to at Alexi Wasser so I can continue doing this show, buy new equipment, continue booking it, you know, just doing all the stuff I need to do. Um, the guests are getting better and better and better. I have incredible guests. I get to talk to a fascinating, creative, interesting uh, person every single week. That's lovely. Next week, I have writer, director uh, Augustine Frizzell on the show. That's very exciting. She made a movie called Never Going Back. It's going to be in theaters next Friday. And uh, listen, if you want to be my little sister, And you want me to guide you through your own life if I can even be trusted to do that. And I can be. Oh, my God. You can uh, can, uh, get a big sister session. And you do that by, it's like a one-on-one session with me where I I play the role of your big sister and you tell me everything you're spiraling over, everything you're feeling, everything you need guidance with. And I actually give you wonderful action steps and tools to leave the session that make you feel better and stronger than you did before the session started. Those are called Big Sister Sessions. Click the link on my Instagram, at Alexi Wasser, because here's the thing. I'm going through all the fucking suffering and turmoil, reading every single book that exists having every experience of like dating every kind of different type of person, being single for ages, going to seminars, lectures, therapists, psychiatrists, uh, whatever, workshops, doing hypnotherapy, doing all the Lacey Phillips freeandnative.com workshops, all this stuff. I'm doing it, yes, for me, but let me suffer for you and then I will save you the trouble so you don't have to... uh, you don't have to make the same mistakes I make. You don't have to, uh, yeah, I think I've said it all. That is what I have to say. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoy not only this rant, but I hope uh, you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Pat Allen. Testing one, two, three. All right, we are recording. We're gearing up for the podcast. Pat Allen is putting on her lipstick. I did the same thing before I got here. It's very exciting. Oh, my goodness. I'm way too excited about this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there is your microphone, and I'm going to video you. Is that all right? Sure. I am so lucky I'm here with Dr. Pat Allen. Say hello to the world. You're on my Instagram. Hello. Hello. Hello! Is this is this the best day of our lives or what? We're going to talk about relationships, feelings, and love, and I'm going to try to wring you dry and get all your knowledge. Um, all right. Let's see. We'll put this junk away. We'll Living our life. Um, okay. So, I read your book. Um, I read which one? I read "Getting to I Do."
1: There's another one: "Staying Married and Loving It." Staying married. There's another one just came out. It's called "A Man's World, A Woman's
0: Universe." Oh, wow. It just came out? Just came out. And by the way, just because my microphones aren't the best, and I don't want to miss a beat of anything you say, I want to keep this mic. Okay. I know this is, it's like we're in a TV show in the 70s or something. Sure. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway. Yes. Conversational Rape. The
1: Truth About Men Will Set You Free, but first it'll piss you off.
0: This is another book? These are all books. Oh, my God. How many books in total have you written? Mm, probably about six. About six. I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode talking about... uh... Once you
1: write one, the day you get the box full of your published books, you change. What happens inside you? You go from a singular human being to a world human being. Is it addictive? No. I will serve one or millions. Yeah. doesn't matter. Now that I have my radio show, I listen to that. That's your. Uh, That's my L.A. talk radio. L.A. talk radio. There's Works. the card,
0: right here. That's all the little information. Okay, I'll provide all this in the intro to this episode. Super. Um, and I went to that. So I went to that at the Marriott in Culver City. And That's very good. Yeah, it was. I ran into one of my friends. My friend Eric was there. Mm-hmm. He's actually had private sessions with you. And before we started recording when I told you that I, listened, that I read Getting to I Do, you were like, people hate it. Did they say it's so square? Yeah, they hated
1: it because it was so square, so science, yeah. so unromantic.
0: And tell everybody who maybe has never read the book, uh, what is your philosophy in it? Like, what is, uh, you know, give them an idea of what they can expect from that book.
1: Uh, what you can expect is to learn the power of words. Beware of your thoughts. See that plaque on the board? Yeah. This is a Hindu Upanishad, a mantra. Beware of your thoughts, for they become words. Beware of your words, they become habits. Beware of your habits, they become your character. Beware of your character, it becomes your destiny. At making money for the uh, bank... Being healthy, 90% of all illness is psychological. Oh, really? And it triggers the body. Yeah. Do you see? I'm healthier at 83 than I was at 35. What changed? What shifted? I changed. How's... Remember, change is the scariest thing in the world. Napoleon Hill wrote a wonderful book. When he wrote Think and Grow Rich, he also wrote the out, Outwitting the Devil, you know what the devil is? What? The fear of change. Do you know if you win a, the lottery, now it's mega millions, fifty fifty million, whatever. Yeah. If you win the lottery or you go bankrupt, your body goes upside down because of the fear of change. Yeah. So what I do is I help control the major communication system used by words you see einstein said everything is energy everything but if you match your bliss your energy with your goal you can't miss because energy attracts energy so how do you do that you do that by changing your words from intimidation Seduction into negotiation. I'm a transactional analyst. Eric Byrne took Sigmund Freud and said, Sigmund, too complicated. I want the words that an eight year old could understand. Yeah. Now, for this, naturally, he was thro- thrown out of the psychoanalytic association and he created, first, he started a poker party. Then it grew into the International Transactional Analysis Association, which is worldwide. I am a certified transactional analyst. I help people use the quantum mechanics of words to impact the quantum physical energy of yin and yang, Chinese physics. Yeah. We women have yin bodies. We're built to receive the smallest cell, the sperm cell, and turn it into a five-pound baby. Yeah. Quantum physics. So I control the same thing that parents control, or orphanages, or wherever the kid is put into. Whoever controls language controls.
0: So I teach people how to negotiate. How do you parlay this into relationships? Because you know, I'm I, going to getting to I do because that's I'm just going to make it personal because that's how I relate to it. I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for about four four to five months. Uh, and you are you respected, cherished,
1: I'm, or cherished, respected, or do you want both equally? I don't want both uh, at times. That's narcissism. No, I don't want both. Yeah, I don't. But wanting both is normal for people that are not parents and not. In love,
0: not in love. Oh, then it's a control thing. Like you want to control and manipulate. Yes. And oh God, I, I do tap into that, and you I have to watch myself. That's when I most. That's when I suffer the most. Is when I when I go. Was I, your mother a man as well? I don't know. Who I, ran the house? Ugh, they never never got married. Split when I was six. Wait a minute. Who it doesn't knows? Matter
1: whether you legally married. Oh,
0: uh, it's who ran the house. Mommy. Well, I think they were both narcissists. My dad ran the house. He was older, 30 years older than my mom, angry, mean, and she wanted her freedom. Maybe they both ran the house. I'm confused. No, or maybe
1: they had, uh, he was in love with a daughter-like woman because he was a father-like man.
0: Maybe. God, I don't even know. I'm trying to, I've barely figured out my own Do you have any siblings? I have a half-brother that I never talked to.
1: Did he belong to your mom or your dad? My
0: dad. Your dad? Yeah. And so did your dad show him how to be a man? No, he like, disowned him at like 12 years old. It's a totally dysfunctional, which is why I have abandonment issues in my own life with my father, and I bring that into dating men. I want to be cherished. So
1: I want you to understand, your mother was the important parent for your father. That's Freud's work. Did your mother respect your brother?
0: Um, he was never... My half-brother was never in the house with my mom. Well, then did he, did he have a mom somewhere else? Uh, yes. The, did she
1: respect him, or did she cherish him, or did she ignore him?
0: My half-brother? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. My family's so fucked up. It's just so fu- I don't even talk to him, my, my half-brother, and I, that side of the family. Is so, he married? I don't even know. I don't think so. I got so. It. So It's nothing. so fucked. It's just so messed I up. I understand that. But, but did your dad
1: like your mother as a man? He... He loved
0: her. He cherished her. He adored her. But
1: loving and cherishing her means that maybe he loved her to the point where he gave up his manhood.
0: Oh, boy. Maybe so. I think he was just so rigid. She had to get away from, with, with, from him because he was so controlling and angry. So he she had left. to get away from it in himself. She, my mother, had to get away from him, or else she would have died. She was so. Did she split from him? She left. She left him because he just wanted to tell her how to dress, what to do. He hated her. He had. He has his own Therefore, mom issues.
1: your dad was a man, and your mother was a man, and oh. that's equality. And what am I? But then? equality in loving relationships destroys it. I think, I think, I want, I want, I feel, I feel, I don't want, I don't want, is great for single people. They can be narcissistic up the wall. But people that are mated or married or parents or children are not equal. They're into competition for power in being respected for their brains Are being cherished for their feelings and their physicality. So See, men have Yang bodies. Yeah. Their bodies are built to penetrate, carry, do, bigger, whatever. But they have the most feminine souls, the anima. They do? Mm
0: -hmm. Men do. Men have feelings. I used to think men never had feelings, and now I'm Mm -hmm. learning they do. Keep going. No. Yeah.
1: Carl Jung's wife wrote Anima Animas. The soul of a woman is called the Animas. That's Latin for male love. The soul of a man is anima. When you're in a relationship, you're four people. Yeah. Now, with your boyfriend, are you going for
0: respect from him or cherishing? Cherishing. I'm in my feminine energy. He is the masculine.
1: You recognize that now that you've read the book, Getting to I Do. Yes. Okay, that's what I wrote it for, but do you understand, for powerhouse women, my book is Get Off It, Lady, or You Can't Be Cherished. Get off it?
0: The, to other people who read That's what your book is saying no, to people? No,
1: it's Get Off It, Woman. If you want to be respected, you have
0: to find a wuss to mate with. Oh, I, I don't want that. See, did I, you ever have them? Did I have a wuss? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't like it. I know, but you got him because you were in your head. I'm still in my head now with this masculine man who's also British, by the way. So he's Okay, so he's... See,
1: in America, men abandon their kids more than they do in other parts of the world where they take responsibility for being a parent. Yeah. Okay, but in our country, women abandon their feminine. Yeah. The biggest problem with our Me Too moment movement is it's, I'm a boy, me too. Oh.
0: Well, the me too thing,
1: though... Is for victimization. Well... But remember what the victimization was. Yes, I let you do it because I wanted the job. Do you see?
0: Yeah. But I do, I've seen examples of that, too, but I just have to say it because this will be very controversial when people hear I know that. I, I do have to say this bit. The aspect, the main aspect of the me too movement... That I that I enjoy and relate to is is uh, being in situations where you're cornered, you're alone with a guy, nobody else knows or uh, that this is happening, and it usually only happens between a man and a woman, where a man tries to rape you or do something, and you walk away from the situation having been sexually assaulted or not, going, was it me? Did I do this? Did I deserve this? Oh my god, feeling the shame, and then just taking on and internalizing it. And feeling guilty and take, taking on the responsibility, even though that person was an aggressor. And then the world, the world saying, telling all their stories made other women go, that happened to you too? Oh my goodness, me too. I thought I was asking for it. Oh fuck, I put it on me. So that's, that's what I love about it. because I
1: know it. But in my room, there's an additional one that I'm finding happening. Yeah. What's happening today is I've got girls calling me, because I do phone therapy, Yeah. I have girls calling me and they're saying, my guys are not, my my guy is not calling me anymore. Men are becoming afraid of women's power, not their potency, their power. Good men always are gentlemen. Yeah. But too often powerful women see that as weak and they think that men that do that our wusses, our little bitches. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So, I am having business coming to me based on men becoming women now.
0: Yeah, it is a bizarre, completely topsy turvy time. Yeah, and I and that's why I think your your book is so wonderful. And I've been given I'm, I'm, the book is
1: very accurate. It's so accurate, but it's. Built on ancient cultural
0: issues. Yeah, and me saying I love it, people hear the title, they go, they're like, oh, Alexi, you like a book called Getting to I Do? And I go, oh, my God. Okay, listen. You know
1: that William Morrow, who published the books, William Morrow couldn't figure out what to name it. So the director of the company at that time, and I don't remember his name, he he made a pledge to give a couple thousand bucks to somebody... In William Morrow, who could name the book. Yeah. Nobody came up, so he named it. Oh, really? He named it Getting to I Do. Do you know what Getting to I Do is called in German? It's it's translated into different languages. I heard you say it at the seminar. Tell me again. I know. Yeah. In the German language, getting is a process which is feminine. The German language, you got it. Or you don't got it.
0: Yeah, you you aren't getting to it. You can't get to it.
1: Yeah. So my book in German is called No Man for One Night.
0: No Man for One Night. Because you're aiming towards a man forever, right? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yes, I do. It's hilarious. Yeah.
1: But that's what happened to it in Germany.
0: Yeah. Well, when these people give me grief, these millennials, these youngsters, or whoever they are, who you know. Are like getting to I do and make you make it. The book makes it seem like you are getting clobbered over the you are going to clob a guy over the head and drag him to the altar. And I go, no, 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 it's about mask. I mean, you know this. You wrote it. Yes. You live it. This is your world. Yes, it's about mask, masculine and feminine energy. How we all have it. We're all both. We're all both. And then now, and and now is is the, this now more than ever. Your book. And everything you talk about and teach is so important because as men and women, and especially women, we have all the options. It's almost it's way more confusing and everything's so topsy turvy with all the most confusing thing in
1: the universe is freedom.
0: Yeah, there are too many options. I mean it's great that there are, but as far as navigating a relationship But it
1: also needs mindfulness.
0: So tell us because I I, first of all if
1: you're born with a girl's body doesn't mean you're genetically a girl. Mm -hmm. Every fetus is female by nature for eight days. And then mother notices it chemically by noticing the Y chromosome in her body. Mm -hmm. And she will then start producing testosterone and a testes. And the little boy and the mama co-create a boy's body. But what if she doesn't give him enough testosterone? Oh. He's between female and fem- and male. That's Jenner. Yeah. that's Oh, oh uh, what's his name? Ev- Caitlyn right. Jenner. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is both male and female. Do you know what a cortisone hypoplasic adrenalized female is? What's that? That's a girl whose mother inadvertently, probably because there was a, in the uterus that died, and the fetus contaminated the uterus. Jesus. And the little girl picked up some Y and it impacted her brain and her gonads. You've met women that you knew were not women. Yeah. That's a cortisone, hypoplasic, adrenalized female. She is hyper. Between sexuality, yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I do. I'm, so don't confuse me human, more.
1: Every human being is
0: somewhat male and somewhat female. Well, reading your book, you're talking about how you know in our in my career life, you know, I'm coming. Your, yeah. in my career, I lead with my I, I lead with my masculinity.
1: Everybody is a male, but men carry it in their bodies. The men that are men that got enough testosterone. And women carry it in their souls. Our biggest weapon
0: is no. Is saying no? Yep. That's the big one. That's what I teach. Oh, and, to, and also what I love that you teach is that you teach, your, you teach uh, women to love themselves first. Totally. Love themselves more so they can stand in what they want and be grounded in themselves.
1: Mostly. Women get what they want by knowing what they don't want. And uh-huh. that makes that idea that no is a negative word. That's not true. It's power. The secret is not accurate. Yeah. No for a woman is yes to her feel good and do good.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness. Also, well, in my... Uh, in my relationship I, I, I you know, I, I turn off the masculinity. I when I go out yes. my date, I'm in my feminine. Yes, you're he, receptive,
1: available to receive and respecting him, forgiving, protecting and cherishing.
0: He's he asks me on dates, he picks me up, he pays for dinner, it's cozy, he he's British. I've never met a man before who said, All he wants me to do, he wants me to be happy. That's he wants right. Me if be, he's happy, happy wife, happy life. He says that, he goes, if you're happy, I'm happy. That's the way it is. I can't believe it. So it's so easy. It's actually no, freaks it's, me it's out. No, it's as
1: easy as the yellow line in America stay on the right side and the yellow line in England stay on the left side. Yeah. Because if you cross
0: the line, you die. Oh, my goodness. I barely understand that because it's just simple.
1: I know. The secret of truth is it's always simple. It's so simple. Complexity is obfuscation, which is confusion.
0: Yeah. Well, bringing all my abandonment, not to make this completely about me, but for a tiny bit, and then we'll go back to everything uh, else. But yes. with all my abandonment issues and my daddy not saying I love you and his Your mom disabandon- and
1: dad had things to do besides raise
0: you. Well, I'm bringing that... So I'm used to dating narcissists and addicts, and all of a sudden I've made this great choice. I've attracted this man to my life. He's calm. He's quiet. He's sim- He All he wants me to do is relax. If you're relaxed, I'm relaxed. Right. If I'm having a mental, you know, and I'm very neurotic and talk a lot, and he's very quiet, we've attracted each other, whatever. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the beginning of it has been, or, or three months on when when the real realness...
1: relationships as far as i can view 3 months first 3 months are very perfect you're doing what the old book says you're doing what pat allen says you're just not you you're being your best right the second 3 months the old you comes out but yeah. the old you is scripted see one of the things that eric Byrne did was he said that our mothers our churches our governments our cults our whatever script us into a system that we go to therapy to work our way out of. It's just old habit, habitual nature. language habits in particular.
0: Yeah. I'm so sick of it. Yeah. I don't want that anymore.
1: Then I would suggest that you, there's a book I wrote called Conversational Rape and the one that's called It's a Man's World, a Woman's Universe. Men are in charge of junk. Buy it, sell it, own it, whatever. Does that include the woman in their life? Uh, yes, that's what Me Too's about. Oh, junk,
0: though? Is, is, does the woman fall into the category of the junk? Go on, go on, sorry.
1: Men that are not gentlemen. A man has to meet a lady. It's supposed to be his mom, but rarely is. By the age of 10, he's supposed to be trained into a gentleman. If he isn't, he's scripted to be a bad guy. Okay. And so, with that scripting, we follow that script until we something bad happens, and we have to go to therapy.
0: And you have to change. You have to change, and that's what I'm all about. I feel like uh, before I met him is when I read your book, and I was reading. Uh, you know, I also read "Getting the Love You Want" and "Getting Getting to Idea." Oh, yeah. Getting, Codependent No More, and I went into. Coda. I know there's wonderful books out there. I went to CODA meetings and everything because. Uh, I was realizing my happiness was wrapped up in the attention I was getting from the boyfriend or... The,
1: or and that's called daddy.
0: Yeah, and, and I would make him... He would say, you're talking to me like I'm somebody else. I don't know who you think I am. That's, oh, daddy, yeah.
1: It's daddy because you were not you were not daddied enough. Wow. There's a wonderful book by Linda Leonard and it's called um, Wounded Woman. Oh, Wounded Woman. I was hearing about this book. And Wounded Woman shows the effect of a bad dad on his daughter what her personality does what does it do what it does is trains her to be a man or trains her to be an abusable nothing Do you see yeah and so you'll find the title to your style what you got from daddy
0: yikes there's even a passage in Getting to I Do of, of, of women who are like that, who, who had messed up childhoods and how well, it... Well, it... yeah,
1: every book that's about human beings is about messed up childhoods.
0: Well, so what did you go through? How many times have you been married? Four. Four times? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And what did you learn through each one?
1: Well, first of all, I didn't want to marry anybody. I wanted to be a nun. I'm Catholic. Oh, yeah. But at that time, my dad was a drunk, and my mother was an untreated Al-Anon. Oh, really? So they were fighting all the time. And my sister, the beautiful younger sister, I was the ugly, dumpy, brainy kid. Oh, my goodness. And so with that in mind, I totally wanted never to marry. But my father, God forbid rest his soul, uh, he beat me up. He did. In a drunken rage, and I decided to get married to somebody. Oh, to get out? To get out of the house. Yeah. So I married a German man, boy, <laughs> who basically was had a mother that was Hitler's double. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I had four daughters— Oh, you did? He was a coach. Oh, yeah. I have four daughters, five grandsons, two granddaughters, and three great-grandsons. Oh, my God. I was married at 19. For how long for the first marriage? 15 years.
0: 15 years? Yeah. Were you you happy? Were you miserable? No. Not happy?
1: I ate and drank. Just to dull your senses? That's my feelings. When women use, they dull their feelings to climb into their logical head, which is stupid. When men use, they knock out their brains' intuition and do stupid, stupid things, usually sexual or violent. You see? Yeah. Because those are the games played by scripted people that have not been raised properly. There's a book
0: by Claude Steiner, Scripts People Live. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm so sick of it. It's so boring. My you own see? script. Yeah, it's so boring and exhausting. But I'm just sharing you
1: what, yeah. what what's in print. Yeah. So that's that's how I learned. I was going to be a nun, but then I went to school. I started college when I got married, and I became an art teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm a professional accompanist, organ, church, whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah but i'm obsessive see that that bump well uh, barely on my wrist? no yeah well i had two of them cuz i have chopin hands playing bach
0: oh my goodness eh. what jesus do you see <laughs> very intense yes yes you're an intense woman and that's so why I like that's why i flock to you i, I enjoy you i that's what i do well see so you're playing piano. you're in school you're living your life you're drinking you're eating you're in this relationship how do you get out of that and what do you go to next
1: uh, You go dingy, so that your husband divorces you. Oh, you acted out and you uh, pushed Scared him, away? him. Oh, re- what did you? How did you scare him? What did you do? I chased him with a butcher knife.
0: How exciting! I love you.
1: <laughs> I did that when I was twenty-two. Uh, I did not 22. hurt him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I went. I kept going to school, Kelsey fullerton Kelsey, oh, you were born here? No, I was born in Iowa. Iowa, okay, but you went to Kelsey. We came fullerton? out here. We moved out here from mm. Iowa. And uh, eventually switched my master's degree at Cal State Fullerton to uh, therapy under Marilyn Bates' David Kiersey, who did the Myers-Briggs temperament test, which is wonderful to find out what your core personality is. What are you? I'm an INTJ. I'm an intuitive, introverted, thinking, judgmental. I'm so left
0: lobe. I, kind of, I can't remember what mine is. INFTP. I I can't remember. Yes. Well. I'll figure it out. I'm
1: very left lobe, which is very masculine.
0: Oh, I think I am too. Well. I get trapped in my head. Do you get trapped in your head?
1: And not anymore. I can go left or right, depending. What is right? Uh, my get- right is what I call fake beta. I play retarded blonde.
0: I have to start. This is where you go, thank you. That's right. Oh, I'm having such a nice... See. I would like to do that, but I feel like such a faker, and I feel like I have to be honest you know all what? the time with my boyfriend.
1: No, dear. If you were honest, you wouldn't have lipstick on.
0: You're right. I'd be, you know, I'd be I have hair everywhere. <laughs>
1: you see what I'm saying?
0: Oh, it's already partially a lie. Why not just get a little bit more? <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you, do you understand?
0: Yes. But I have this weird idea. What's a
1: major sex organ for a man?
0: His eyes. Yes. For women. So I'm wearing a crop top for women. Uh. Your brain. No, ears, your ears. What do we want to hear? I own that house. I love it.
1: <laughs> yes. Harvard did a big study in the nineties. They asked ten thousand mm-hmm. people, "Why did you mate?" That's marriage without a legal document. Why did you marry? That's mating with a legal document. Two-thirds of men mate and marry for sensual and sexual stability. Oh, wow. They don't like beating the bushes. They don't like track. Men are gentle creatures inside, and they like like being gentlemen, but when they can't be gentlemen because that's seen as being wussy, they become men, and then they become driven to have sex. It's not making love, but the very woman that gives him sex is the one he can't marry because he feels badly about participating in her self destruction oh
0: yeah, i've I've been that, and I've dated all those kinds of men. Do you understand that? Yes, okay, so with that in mind,
1: a man is not a gentleman until he meets a lady that requires it." And so that test, if you want to read a book that speaks, I've got a couple of them. One is by Mark and Barbara. It's called, Why Men Don't Listen and Women Can't Read Maps. And it's about the fact that if we don't do it correctly, we botch up our deals. And the other one is The Evolution of
0: Desire by David Buss. That sounds good. What's that one about? Or I can who cares? I can look for that, it.
1: That that's the one that says we went from patriarchal domination, do you see? Yeah. Up to freedom. The problem today is we're all men and we're all women and we're all free. And so we've got to learn how to act like ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I do
0: Okay, things that make me stumble, and uh, I, I had a lot of girls write to me on social media asking things that they wanted to you know want me to ask you. Yeah. now, nowadays, with dating apps and social media and Instagram and Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook, all these portals like Facebook and Instagram are these portals where people can communicate, and it it, it messes with. Trust. I you know Wait a minute. I don't trust any human being. You don't? So should no. I, should I not trust my boyfriend at four months? You should
1: not trust him until you know him a year minimum. So four I four seasons.
0: So am I right to be By the jealous? way,
1: relationships perfect, imperfect, negotiate. And committed. These are the four phases. Perfect,
0: yes. imperfect, negotiate, committed.
1: And committed because he's 51% valuable. That means on the days when he's 49% valuable, you keep him anyway because you know why you're there.
0: Well, I and all, all these girls, I, I, women I speak to, get really jealous because of Instagram, where the, it's this portal to communicate I like mean, photos before
1: you get on the
0: hunting track
1: you've got to know whether you want a man to respect your thinking and actions and then also your feelings or you want majority cherish your feelings and your physical well-being before he respects you you can't be equally respected and cherished that's narcissistic which is normal for perfect Permanently single people. And and are you saying that, like, what does that have to do with jealousy and Instagram jealousy? Do you know that the book by David Buss called Dangerous Passion says that jealousy, if you don't jealous and you're not jealous, you're not in love. Jealousy is a natural feeling of territoriality. So is it okay? It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's sexy. Yes. Especially if you're well enough to say to your partner, I am very jealous of your dead husband, you certainly did love him very well. And I want you to do the same for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. But what if you start fights all the time because of... And, and go searching. Jealousy that's
1: territorial and projects negativity will destroy the relationship.
0: Oh, so there are two different types of jealousy. Explain this. Because this is something I run into in all my friends... Because, because of 2018 and social media and the future... There's so many new avenues to freak out. You
1: You have to know what you want before you start hunting.
0: What does that mean? It
1: means, do you want to be a career woman or a woman with a career? If you want to be a career and woman, you've got to have two men, one for your masculine side and one for your feminine side. And that's what polyamorous is all about.
0: I want to be... Wait, but what does that have to do with jealousy? Because jealousy is... I don't understand the link.
1: Jealousy, I just said... I'm very jealous of your dead husband, the way you loved him. But I want you to do that for me too. Mm-hmm. It isn't you, bitch. You're in, you're in love with your ex dead husband, and I
0: I am mad about that. Or you're looking at a picture of a cute girl. I'm upset about that. Or you follow a cute girl on Facebook or Instagram, and that that's makes me- my nature. That's
1: my nature as a male animal. It's okay? Yes. You think it's okay? Absolutely.
0: I just want you to slap me in the face. You know what it is? What? It's
1: like porn. It's bad etiquette. On his part? Yeah. Etiquette. That's all. If he touches her, if he doesn't portray himself as married or taken, that's leading her on. I want you to understand that jealousy is an act of territoriality. I want you to be my major woman. I want, you to, to, I want you to be my major man. I know you're going to be attracted to lots of women, lots of men. But I have come to believe after this two years that you're trustworthy. You make and keep agreements. That's all you've got to do is make and keep agreements. You don't ever have to get over your maleness or
0: your femaleness. Nature is nature. Okay, I just pretend I have a learning disability. I'm going to break this down so I understand it exactly. Go ahead. If a guy follows a cute girl, but doesn't, well, how does he follow her? Follow uh, Instagram. Like, uh, are you on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah. Okay, so you you follow. It's like you uh, you click a button, and all of a sudden, on your feed on your computer, you can see all the pictures that they upload. It's like it's like friends in cyberspace. It's like having friends on. I can't even show you. I would recommend you hire
1: a detective and follow him and see if he does anything. But
0: that's... But I don't... I trust him intuitively. I don't want you to trust him. Oh, really?
1: I want you to keep yourself under comfortable control. What is that? And if you need to have evidence... See, you know, if you follow at least America's constitutional rights, we have the right to do things until proven napoleonic law is you're guilty until proven innocent that's why mexico has their drug cartels because you're guilty anyway first our elizabethan law is you're innocent till proven guilty so that's how i should live you should live with i'm afraid my own inadequacy i'm afraid he's going to leave me because she's more than i am that's his problem not mine
0: all right. Once a woman wants control, she's a man. And I'm, when, when I talk to you, you're saying that I want control, right? I'm micromanaging That's and trying what to you're control. Doing. It is, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure I hear you. So I and can I sh- want to trust him. You can't trust people. You just hang out with them
1: until you learn about them? Yes. Okay. They become trustworthy. Raise your right hand, Alexi. Okay. I promise. I promise. On my honor. On my honor. To respect the man I love.
0: To respect the man I love. Even when. Even when. I think I'm smarter. Even when I think I'm smarter. And I think I could do it better. And I think I could do it better.
1: Furthermore. Furthermore. I promise. I promise. To keep my masculine yang mouth shut. To keep my masculine yang mouth shut. Unless...
0: Unless. I have to call a doctor... Unless I have to call a doctor...
1: A lawyer... A
0: lawyer... Or a therapist... Or a therapist.
1: All right. The doctor, lawyer, or the cops? Police. Doctor, lawyer, or the police? That's right. If you have evidence to be able to call a doctor, he cut you. If you have evidence that he used your name in a contract, you need a lawyer. Hmm. If you caught him robbing a bank or doing it or molesting your kid, call the police. Yeah. If you don't have the evidence to call a doctor, a lawyer, or or the police, you don't have the evidence that proves that your fear of inadequacy and unworthiness
0: are justified. Are just feelings. That's my daddy issue bullshit. Yeah. You have to trust it pr- It's just like there was porn before there was social media. or of Or men can look at women walking down the street, but if he's not getting her number and calling her...
1: See the movie Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire? It I'm is with a- Netflix. It's a great movie about mankind going from Neanderthal all the way up to talking monkeys.
0: Okay. We're all in progress. We're all in progress. Yeah, I think it's... But don't trust people. Don't trust people. See, okay. Don't trust
1: them. Take a risk on them and see how they make and keep agreements. The only way you know you love yourself or anybody else are the commitments you're willing to make and keep. But I don't believe hearsay evidence. I want evidence. That I can take to a doctor, a lawyer, or the
0: police. And you are not in favor of checking someone's phone, emails, or getting into their personal stuff because that makes you a crazy masculine micromanager, right?
1: But I am for you hiring a detective. Okay.
0: A lot of people are emailing me about this or DMing me about this on social media. Wait a minute. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Get evidence. But you can be your own detective now by getting somebody's phone. everybody's secrets are in their phone and phones are driving people crazy you want to know nowadays. Something? Yeah.
1: Do you want to know something? Tell me. I want to know everything. By doing it yourself, you're the one that's screwed because you're doing it based on feelings
0: of my own inadequacy. Yes.
1: When you hire somebody to be the detective, to watch that person, to check on the phones, to d- No human being has the skills of a professional cop, detective, doctor.
0: Oh, so you're actually telling me I should hire a private detective for real? Yeah. No. What do you think I'm saying? Oh, my God. I just didn't even know that they exist still. Are you kidding? That's incredible. So you think I should hire a private detective on my boyfriend now?
1: No. I think if you're afraid that you can't trust your guts... Do you have fear that he's unfaithful? Have you picked up that from your family script? My family script. I got news for you. Then you believe that if you don't spy on him, do you understand as soon as you spy on him, he knows you've you've named him untrustworthy?
0: And that's not... Sexy for him. That's not good. That's <laughs> like okay. I've not done any of those things. I've not checked his phone to... because you th-
1: you feel secure. You have said and spoken about him that your st- instincts. Women follow their neurotransmitters: dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. We follow our feelings. That's why we can't have intercourse early because we fall in bondage to them chemically, which nullifies those instincts but if you don't have intercourse with him until you believe he's trustworthy then you're not going to hire a police a cop or a lawyer i waited six weeks to have sex with him because of you honey waiting six weeks Is not what instinct is. Just to get to know him. Okay, instinct-wise. Instincts are you feel comfortable that he is trustworthy. He is very trustworthy. I do know that. You feel comfortable. Yes. His intuition... Do you know they have 21 separate genes on their sperm cells that are there to enhance their intuition? Oh, really? A man can psych out a woman and meet her on the corner when she meets her lover. So they are
0: just as in tune. Yeah.
1: More so. Differently. Differently. Their intuition. A man goes with intuition. Yeah. A woman goes with, and neurotransmitters are in the gut. Yeah neurotransmitters are instinct when a woman honors her instinct she's following her feelings when a man follows his intuition he's going with his logic
0: yeah oh my what did you learn in this in your second marriage and who is this person and how has it evolved to your boyfriend now now you you have a you said you had a younger boyfriend 65. He's 65 and you're 83? Yes. This is incredible. And is this is this the happiest relationship you've ever been in? Yes.
1: Very best one. I'll show you his picture. Please
0: do. And tell me why it works better and how you're different.
1: Uh, for number one thing, he brought his gold digger wives to my seminars 40, 30 years ago.
0: He did? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've done this for 47 years. I know
0: don't let me fuck this up with this man. I want to marry him. He's great. <laughs> my god. Oh god. Well, all I'm saying is follow your instinct and get out get all the crazy out of your brain. All the crazy is residual noise from my childhood and my habitual it's your scripting. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't mean it's real, oh, but it's, if you believe it's real, Hire somebody to prove it.
0: I don't believe it's real. He's wonderful. I just need to... He was what? I, I don't believe it's real. I think he's wonderful. I just need to... Uh...
1: Then why don't you follow your instinct until he proves to be fallible?
0: I will do that. But you know what's so interesting while you look for that photo of your boyfriend? Yes. Um, I'm doing it. I'll find it. What what I'm noticing is, and tell me if it's true, relationships are... I was sitting having breakfast with him the other day and I went, wow, is this it? Just two people coexisting happily together? Oh, my God. Oh, he's taller than you too. No. Oh, no? Just a little bit. He is? You guys are such a cute couple. I know. You guys look so happy together. We are happy. What is the secret? How are you so happy? Because we both make it...
1: He doesn't know it. Well, he knows it. (laughs) He picked up enough of my stuff 30 years ago, right? Yeah. But his eyes picked these beautiful women that were gold diggers. And he divorced them and blah, blah. And he went off and bought apartment buildings. In other words... He was a therapist, and then he switched to a moneymaker, okay? I used to be an organist, and now I'm a therapist. You know what I mean? Yeah. We change. We do things. Yeah. And so I can hear my effect on his language. Oh, wow. The way he speaks. So he's a better man for those horrible marriages. And somebody told him I was still alive. Ah! And three years ago, he came to the seminar, Orange County, and we had chemistry. See, he was married before. Yeah. So we've been together How long? and love our relationship.
0: Yeah. Do you talk about everything? Yeah, everything. You're your best friend. You can talk about anything. And anything. Everything? See, see, I've from reading your work, you need chemistry, compatibility, and, and communi- communication. Now... Ugh. Yeah, I feel like I communicate. I know too how much. to
1: be a woman now. Yeah, now I've been burying wonderful men. I was with a minister, gorgeous, you know, a Billy Graham friend minister. Yeah, for seven years. Then I went with an ex uh, army officer for five years. Yeah. Then I decided I'm not going to date men that are 80 plus years old. I'm not going to marry, I'm not going to bury one more gorgeous old man.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You have too much energy. You're too spunky. I'm too young. Yeah. So? This guy, 60, so it's with almost a 15 year age 17 difference. 17
1: isn't something like... Well, that's great. Whatever Who it cares? is. Who cares, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, when I first started going with him, when I knew I was a cougar, ah! I felt a little guilty and I said, how can you be going with me? He said, because you're you.
0: Yeah. Do you see what I mean? How do you see? I feel like I can, you can talk to him about anything. I follow my instinct. You follow your instincts, but you're not constantly talking about the relationship. My habit that I fall into is I'm constantly wanting to talk about the relationship and put a spotlight on it and go, need reassurance and validation. And you blah. know what? It's that can a... get to be
1: very boring.
0: Yeah. So don't do that anymore. Why not just
1: build something that's fun?
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, God. We need three things in life. Someone to love, and if not a person, an animal. Something to do. I'm 83 years old. I'm still working. Yeah. Why would I not work? Because I'm 83, and that's not a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. But working doesn't mean I have to earn money. I may volunteer somewhere. I may do, I have to have some kind of purpose to help mankind and something to look forward to.
0: Do you see? Yeah.
1: My goodness. Go to my website, drpatallen.com. Everything's there.
0: When do you think it's a healthy time to say, I love you? For you? I mean just never. The, I would never say it first. No. Never. I've never said the it. The reason first.
1: for that is when a man says I love you, it's tantamount to I want you for my woman and I want to be when a woman says it too often she's she's looking for the I love you too. Men are not talkers. Many, many men are doers. They do good to help you feel good. And the ones that often use loving words are con men. I'm so
0: glad you're saying this. Because what do you
1: mean? It's the truth.
0: Well, that's helpful for me and all my listeners because we're so conditioned. We want uh, immediate gratification with the words. you
1: scripted to believe that right-handed men have smaller corpus callosums, bridges between the two lobes in the brain. They, that's why they make great soldiers, you see, policemen because they can bifurcate their right lobe feelings from their left lobe thinking all women right and left-handed have bigger corpus callosums we mush together our feelings our instincts and our intuition do you see yeah but if we get bonded to a man that bonds us in spite of any logic of anything so, we must be careful before we have intercourse. Yeah. Because we could get inappropriately bonded to an inappropriate man. Yeah. Now, left handed men, ambidextrous men, and biologically gay men who have a lot of female in their systems have a large corpus callosum. Okay. Which means. They make great musicians artists lawyers politicians because they can mix their feelings and thoughts together like we women. We women are in charge of the oxygen on the planet. Men are in charge of the stuff
0: of things.
1: Stuff. Yeah, which would you rather? The oxygen. The oxygen. It seems very powerful. Because that's our lungs, that's our speech.
0: Do you see? Yeah. So watch your words. Watch your words. And sometimes it's just okay to be with another person and just let them reveal themselves to you.
1: First of all, you have to know, do I want to be cherished first, respected second, cherished, respected first? You have to know if you're a career woman or a career man. Yeah. You have to know what you are. And what you want. Then you've got to speak from that point of view. If you're feminine, never ask him what he feels unless he's puking or bleeding. You say, what do you think? Always ask him what he thinks, what he wants, his opinion, his suggestions, his ideas, and what you can do to help him do it. Yeah. Third, he's irritating you, but you don't have to call the police, a doctor, and a lawyer, but he's irritating you. Make him right. You have every right to say that, think that, feel that, do that but it's very uncomfortable for me. Are you interested in knowing what I would feel comfortable with? Yes. I would be more comfortable if you did it this way or didn't do it that way. What do you think? Yeah. Fourth tool. 90% of all communication is nonverbal. It's tones of voice, gestures, postures, facial expressions, Yeah. but it's not words. Only 10% of communication is words. Everything above that is just feelings. So, honey, I sense by the look on your face you're upset about something, am I right? Yes. What can I do to help you and I do better? Darling, I believe by your gesturing, bird, 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 I believe by your gesturing that you're upset. Am I right? No, I'm not. Don't give me that Pat Allen stuff. <laughs> yeah. I believe by your body body language that you're upset about something. No answer at all. You have every right not to give me a yes or a no, but a non-answer is a negative answer. What can I do to help you and I do better? Or what can I do to help us feel better? That's speaking to a feminine person, whether it's a man or a woman. I have no problem with women being men. I have no problem with men being women. 18% of our new families are headed up by men staying home. Have you seen Robert De Niro's movie? Oh, Remember he, that? The Intern. Intern.
0: I did not see it, but I heard you talk about it at the, the Marriott. That's a
1: movie about a man being an intern to a young female executive, while her husband's home taking care of their kid.
0: Yeah, well, I want to be. What do you want to be? In my fem- i mean in my in my feminine in my re- romantic relationships. I want, I want to be a woman. I want to be a woman with a career. With a career, I want to be a woman with a career, and and I just, I guess, um, control issues and overthinking and past history and my script. Makes me, and it's not even him, it's not about him, it's about my father. And I'll think, I haven't given you the fifth tool. Ooh, tell me the fifth tool,
1: tell him time out. Okay, this is one where you can't remember my name or the tools the five tools I just put on here. Do you see? And you signal him, or he signals you. If you see a man do a time out sign, ask him, What can I do to help us do better, gentlemen? If you see a woman do a timeout sign like a referee, ask her, what can I do to help you? And I feel better.
0: How do you do this with a man who, like with my boyfriend, if, I, if I'm if i trying, there's no way he wouldn't go to, I'm sure he would not go to a therapist. We don't really need to. This is all my weird bullshit. Fine. But I'm into all of this communication, reading the books. doing. It seems like it's a primarily feminine thing to do. I know men go to your seminars. I know men read these books as well. But it's just in my personal relationship so He's, what are you
1: talking about? Uh, so
0: how do you incorporate this language and this, this way you of communicating? You don't incorporate it because it's only used on bad days. Oh, it's only used, and it can only be, and I can just use it myself to navigate the bad days with the guy who's not reading your book as well. Yes. Like he doesn't have to we do We run these. the
1: show. Remember, we've got the oxygen. We do run the show. If I've got the women, I've got the men. If I've got only the men, I have no one.
0: You're so empowering. I didn't even realize. You just reminded me. Okay, now I get. So I have all. Wait, I have so much more power than I know. I actively give my power away, dear.
1: That's what Me Too's all about. I was so stupid. I said yes when I meant to say no.
0: When you're in a relationship and you're primarily you're the feminine energy and you want it to be going. A certain way or a certain speed, or you want the guy to say, I love you, or you want him to do this. You and that. say
1: to him, I have something I want to say to you that may be uncomfortable. When would it be convenient, sir, for you to listen to me today? Hopefully, then he would say, What okay? But you can't tell a man to how to. We didn't tell him, we asked him, you asked. I have something that's sensitive and may be painful. When would it be convenient for you to hear me, if ever?
0: But during the evolution of a relationship, you have, and if you're in your feminine energy and you want to be cherished, you have to go by his timeline, right?
1: You have to give him the subject and you have to make it convenient. That's respect. But waiting to be proposed to or have a man say, I love you, that you have to be patient for. I got news for you. Never ask for more, better, different love, affection, time, or sex. That's what I'm looking for. Never. Okay, tell me why. Because when you get him to speak your way, he's a wuss.
0: Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you for that reminder. I just read that in your book. And I know that I and a lot, I struggle with that, and a lot of girls, I know we're I got like, news for you. Because we're impatient. We're putting female rules on their... Tongue. So what do we do? You just keep your mouth shut and go with the flow until you're done. The flow is actions. Men who are
1: left lobed act on it. Men that are right
0: lobed can con you. So when a man drives you to Newport Beach from Hollywood for an hour and a half and he gets you coffee and he does that, all of his actions, actions mean something. to More than. More than anything, right? Yep. What a thing. I, I need to fucking get my head out of a... I, my head's in the toilet. I don't know. I think I've got a... i have got I think I want him to be as cerebral as I am and say all the I to want earth. you
1: to know Ugh. what you want to be is narcissistic. I know. Well, the only person that can go with the narcissist has to be a zero.
0: And that's just a shell of a man, right? Yes. And I don't want that. See, I teeter-totter between being my feminine. Then would
1: you please respect him unless he's immoral unethical or illegal
0: all right
1: and i give you permission
0: to hire a detective intuitively i know i don't need one so i'll save the money
1: then intuitively you just did a freudian slip what do you mean intuition is masculine
0: oh instinct is feminine so instinctively, I know I don't need that. That's my daddy. Is that a true statement? That's my daddy issues. It's like every man is—I gotta like defend myself, and I've got to be vigilant in every situation. Everything he says might be something that's
1: mean. You know what? It could be true. Why don't you wait for evidence?
0: So you're just happy and let it unfold, and then wait for the evidence. It's gonna fall on your head if it's there, right? Yeah.
1: If so. it isn't, if it isn't there in a year, you've gone through four seasons. That's a good sign that you're with a trustworthy person. One year.
0: Okay.
1: That's why in (laughs) AA, one year of sobriety is seen as big time. Just relax. Action is masculine. You want him to be feminine talking. But I want you to appreciate every action. Uh, he does every action beautifully. Remember, here's the men's pledge. I promise to give, protect, and cherish the women, kids, animals, planet that I love, even when they're illogical, irrational, and downright irritating. That's me. So help me, God. Yeah. So actually, Be careful of what you want to teach a man. Oh. And that includes your son, if you have one, who's 10 years old. Because if he's still respecting you over himself, he's a wuss. Oh no. War against boys by Summers. Too many masculine women are having too many sons that they're taking pride in castrating.
0: I'm a sharp left turn to land this plane. I did like at the end, I, lo- I really do love at the end of your book where you're talking about. You're committed not to the other person. You're committed to the relationship, and that and that there's a. I'm gonna burst into tears, maybe. That there's a spirituality to a relationship where you're making the world better. I know, and there's an uh, and, and I have a real hard time with like I might just I'm like I don't know why I'm so sensitive. This matters to me, all this stuff so much. I struggle with like I'm so used to codependent relationships where I think that's passion and love, and I learned that from my alcoholic no parents. The, the the autonomy within a relationship that that is the goal and that's a beautiful thing yes i i'm becoming friends with that but it's very new and uncomfortable but can you elaborate a little bit on like what you meant by the spirituality of a relationship and making the world a better place and making each other's lives and dreams coming true and helping each other did you notice that
1: what i say to men is what can i do to help us do better do better i love you is not a do better phrase can I get you a drink of water? Is an I love you phrase?
0: And it's okay to be a woman, to do that for a man. Sometimes I think it's all about, yeah, it's a narcissist in me. What an asshole I fucking am. To- if, you, if you are in a committed relationship, you are committed on a
1: two-to-one basis. He will give you two strokes and carings for your one. So keep it, not one-to-one, that's keeping score. So if he does a couple of things, make sure you pay him back. Yeah. In something loving or some gesture. Or you anything. see what I mean? Or just say to him, "That was so nice of you to do that. Yeah. I always make sure to say that. But be careful about, I want you to say you love me.
0: He can hear you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, geez. What else do you want this generation of millennials and idiots and s- narcissists, selfish monsters to know moving forward?
1: Uh, b- to believe in waltzing rather than discoing or slam dancing.
0: I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. But waltzing, you can't have two Fred Astaire's. You have to have one Fred Astaire and one Ginger Rogers. This going, you can't even tell who they're dancing with.
0: Oh my God,
1: yeah. Codependency is one person totally controlling another person.
0: Sometimes they don't even want that control. You give it to them, right?
1: Or they want their mummies back
0: so they ask for it. Yeah. Is it not codependency when you just, every move the person makes, you let that Move dictate your emotions and your self worth and your happiness, even though they're like, I don't even want this responsibility. Why are you making me so important? Is that a form of codependency? If they don't want it,
1: maybe they're narcissistic, and you have to find out. You have to negotiate your deals.
0: Yeah. All right. Oh my god. I hope I have asked you everything. What do you think of dating apps? Are you a fan of them? Totally. I don't care where you meet them. Yeah, and you don't think that we're we're in a worse place. than than we used to be with all these, with social media and dating apps and portals? No, it's still the
1: same question. Am I a career woman or a career man? What am I? What am I and what do I want? Do I want respect for my thinking and doing first? And everybody wants both. Or do I want to be cherished for my feelings?
0: Okay, and I guess it can be a lot simpler if you just let it be.
1: Uh, it's like stay on the right side of the yellow line in America and the left side in England. It's very simple.
0: Well, what's next for you? What do you have to look forward to? Where can we find you? Let all my listeners know where they can get more of you and and what to expect. Honey,
1: I'm in an international radio show. I've written, well, I don't know if I'm going to write more books, but I've got enough of them out there. My website, com, tells everything I'm doing. Yeah. I'm passing every one of my tests. Eye tests, ear tests, Ah, mammograms, heart tests. I'm healthier at 83 than I
0: was at 35. And so stylish.
1: I really like my closets now.
0: Yeah. How come now more so than before?
1: Basically... To entertain my boyfriend's eyes. I love this. All right. Too many older women don't do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Remember, his eyes tell him if you're happy.
0: Okay. His eyes tell him if you're happy.
1: Yeah. Did you happen to see what I looked like at 35?
0: Ooh, let me see. Do, do, do. All right. Might take another photo. I won't find it because. Oh, take your time. Well, no, it's it's not that. It's just. uh, We're looking for a photo of you at 35, and now you're way more vibrant.
1: Now, when I was 35, I was really disabled. You were? Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's you on the left? huh What a hot babe you are right now. Well, You're still cute here, but, I mean, my God. Jesus Christ. Why does it say life or death?
1: Because that's what I was doing. That's... Is that your daughter? No, that's me.
0: No, to, to, next to you.
1: No, she's just a friend. Just a friend? She died because she didn't divorce the man who betrayed her. And she died of it. ay ay, ay. So... I just want you to know that I've had the pleasure of, of working myself through. I, I walk like I
0: talk. I live by my program. You live by your program. Do you drink anymore at all or mm-hmm. never? Never? I'm
1: sober 47 years.
0: 47 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're so inspiring. Thank you so much for... I
1: hope so. I hope I make old age look better.
0: You completely do. You don't understand how inspiring you are. You're such a spitfire, badass, sexy, stylish, yes. glamorous with your lipstick and everything. And yeah. you, and you've made me, and I have so many friends in their 20s and in their 30s. I'm in my mid to late 30s who have read your book, who adore you, who love you. So the fact that they get to hear you talk to me for a little bit over an hour yes. is so meaningful. You have no idea because we're struggling. Please do. Thank you. And I'm going to be at your seminar uh, at the beginning of next month. Right. And, uh and well, thank you so much for being Courtyard on my... Marriott at Culver. Courtyard Marriott at Culver, and I will uh, plug everything you've ever done and are going to do in the intro to this episode. And thank you so much for being on my podcast, Pat.: Thank you for having me.